0: We have two readings today, and you're welcome to join uh, read along on the screens on the walls, or indeed with your own Bible, both here and at home. Our first reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare, there were not many visions. One night Eli So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel. See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons uttered blasphemies against God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli of the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And our second reading is taken from Deuteronomy, chapter 18. Uh, reading from verses 15 to verse 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see his great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites and will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Amen. And may the Lord add his blessing to these readings of his holy word.
1: Okay, everyone, shall we just join together in prayer before we look at God's Word? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, it's good for us to sing your praises. It's good for us to lift our voices in unity together and to praise your name, Lord God, thanking you for the God that you are. You're a God of everlasting love, and you care deeply for each one of us. And Father, we thank you for the way that you have revealed yourself to us. You have revealed yourself to us in the Lord Jesus. And you've also revealed yourself to us through your word. And as we turn to your word now, we ask that you would speak with us, that you might meet with us, and that we might know the presence of the Holy Spirit here in this place. So Father, meet with us now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now this morning we are going to be starting a new series. Um, For the last few weeks we have been thinking about Easter and the resurrect well cross and then uh, the resurrection and and rightly so, for these things are the very centre of our faith. And then just before Easter, if you can think back long enough. Uh, we were thinking about the story of Jonah. Remember, we did uh, four weeks looking at the story of Jonah, and we related that to what we've been looking at before that, which was in Matthew's Gospel, uh, where Jesus uh, said to the Pharisees that he wouldn't give them anything but the sign of Jonah. And so that's the journey uh, that we have been on in these past uh, few months. Now, of course, when we look at any of the Gospels like we do with Matthew's Gospel, one of the key questions of any Gospel is, who is Jesus? That's what any of the Gospels are asking us. They're leading us on a journey. They're saying, who is Jesus? As we we look at the birth narrative, as we see Jesus uh, growing up and beginning His ministry, as we see His miracles, as we see His teaching, and then we see Him going to the cross who is he? Is he simply a man? Is he the Messiah? Is he a prophet? Is he he more than that? Is he the very Son of God? Now, even the resurrection that we've looked at the past few weeks poses the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because as we've thought about the last couple of weeks, dead men don't rise. We know that. So what's different about Jesus? What makes Jesus unique? Now, one of the classic ways of describing Jesus and what Jesus does is the offices of Christ. And classically, what Jesus has come to do is often described in a a threefold way. That Jesus came as prophet, as priest, and as king threefold office of Christ. This was something that John Calvin wrote about in his Institutes and it's also something that appears in the Westminster Confession of Faith, that Jesus has three offices. He is prophet, priest, and king. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks, God willing, is to think about a prophet, a priest, and a king. Yes, you're still with me. Okay, a prophet, a priest, and a king. You're thinking, why four weeks? Well, on the fourth week, we're going to work out how all these things are tied up in Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do, God willing, uh, over the next four weeks. Now, today, we're going to think about prophet. Prophet. What does it mean to be a prophet? And today, we had uh, two readings Our second reading was from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18. And you might wonder, well, how does that relate to the story of Samuel? Why why did we choose that reading uh, this morning? Well, Deuteronomy 18, if you are reading it closely and you have it before you now, it speaks, this is Moses, and it speaks about the prophet, the prophet. Now, this passage is the Lord speaking to Moses. And sometimes when we think of Moses we think here, oh, Moses, leader of the people of Israel, but really concerned with law. We think of Moses, we think of him coming down Mount Sinai, we think of the Ten Commandments. That's what we think of when we think of Moses. But in fact, Moses was really the first of the prophets. And throughout the Old Testament, we see that there are different prophets that are referred to. Now the prophet that we're going to think about today, we're really going to do a kind of character study, is the prophet Samuel. And in that passage today we see the call of Samuel. Now if you know the story of Samuel, you'll know that Samuel was a very much longed-for baby. There was a couple called Elkanah and Hannah and they longed for a child. And Hannah pleaded to God, God, give me a child. Take this disgrace away from me. Because it was seen as a disgrace if your child childless in those days and in that culture. And Hannah said to the Lord, if she had a son, then he would be given over to the Lord's service. And no razor would ever be used on his head. In other words, a, this child that would be born would become a Nazarite. And the Lord hears Hannah's prayer. And she has a child who's named Samuel. Now I certainly don't want to suggest that God will answer every prayer in such a way. But just as an aside this morning, I do want to assure you that God is a God of grace and that he longs for us to come to him and to ask him. Sometimes in our lives, we, we go through really difficult situations. Perhaps there are, are situations that are happening in our lives, struggles in our life that we, we struggle with for years and years and years. And yet we think, you know, God is not interested in me. He's not interested in my situation. He's much more concerned about other people, about what's happening in the world. I don't want to bother God. But that's wrong, isn't it? because we see Hannah bringing her situation before the Lord. And the Lord answers. God is a God of grace. You see, for Hannah, it was many years that she had longed for a child. Now, I'm not suggesting this morning that Hannah's prayer was was suddenly uh, or straightaway answered. It may have been many years afterwards that her Prayer was answered, just like Sarah and Abraham, for example, but God did answer. And I want you to note throughout Scripture that God really cares for the childless. Do you note that throughout Scripture from Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, Elizabeth in the New Testament? God is a God of compassion. So let's never forget that this morning. And if you're really struggling today, Remember that God really cares for you. He's a God of grace. And he longs for you to come to him. And that he might answer your prayer. So Hannah gives birth to Samuel. And at an appropriate age, as Hannah promised, Samuel is given over to God. And he goes to help in the temple, uh, or uh, the house of the Lord as it was in those days, because the temple wasn't built Uh, under the priest at the time, who was Eli. Now, Eli, at this point, was getting old. And as we see in our passage, his sons had no regard for the Lord. And in the previous chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, we see that a man of God comes and prophesies against Eli's line. And so, as a boy, Samuel is, is ministering in the house of God, under Eli. And then one night, as a young boy, Samuel is there, and he's in the place where the Ark of the Covenant is, and the Lord calls him. Now, it's made clear at the beginning of the chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, that there were not many visions. And as Samuel is just a boy, how could he possibly know that this is the Lord speaking to him? And so when Samuel is there as a young boy under Eli, and he's lying down at night, he hears his voice being called. And of course, as you and I would have expected, he just thinks, oh, that's Eli. Eli's calling me. I've got to do a job or, or something like that. And so Samuel goes to Eli But Eli sends him back to his bed. And verse 7 says that Samuel didn't yet know the Lord. That the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now I want you to note, just again as an aside here, Samuel's parents were clearly devout. Elkanah and Hannah clearly brought Samuel up in the way of the Lord. They would have brought Samuel up that way. And for those of us this morning who are Christian parents, we we try, don't we, to bring our children up in the way of the Lord, to teach them about Jesus. But at the end of the day, it's only the Lord Himself that can reveal Himself to our children. And that's what we must pray for. Now, that isn't vindicating responsibility for us parents, but it's only the Lord who can truly do the work of revealing himself. And so w- when Samuel hears this voice, he just thinks in terms of human, a human voice. He's just thinking about, oh, Eli's calling me. And so this happens a, a couple of times. And, and then the third time, now the third time when he goes to Eli, Eli, to his credit, realizes this is the Lord. They're calling Samuel. And so he says to Samuel, look, when you hear your voice being called again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel lays down again. And he hears the voice, Samuel, Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord speaks to Samuel. Now, what I want you to remember here when we think about what the Lord says to Samuel here is that Samuel is a boy. We don't know quite what age Samuel is at this point, but he's a boy. He's young. Yet look at the message. Did you hear the message that the Lord said to Samuel? It's a really hard message because it's all about Eli, the person who Samuel's working under, about Samuel's sons, and about blasphemy. So no wonder when, when Samuel hears this message and then he lays back down and he gets up in the morning, he's afraid to tell Eli this message. I don't really want to tell him because it's not a great message. It's not an encouraging message. It's a difficult message. But that's one of the things about a prophet, isn't it? You see, what does a prophet do? They pass on the word of the Lord. They are a mouthpiece for the Lord. And they pass on whatever message that the Lord gives to them, however hard it might be. And Eli, to be fair, once he says to Samuel, look, whatever the Lord says, you've got to tell me. You must tell me. And to be fair, when Samuel gives him the message, which is a difficult message, all about his family, all about his line what does Eli say? Well, he recognizes the Lord as sovereign, doesn't he? And he says, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Now, towards the end of the passage this morning in 1 Samuel 3, we see that the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, What we're seeing early on in Samuel's life is, you know, Samuel is being affirmed as a prophet. First of all, he's given a first prophecy to pass on to Eli. And then there are other prophecies to come. And in other words, towards the end of the passage, when it says that none of Samuel's words fell to the ground, in other words, whatever the Lord told Samuel to say, it came true. And he's recognized as a prophet by all Israel because they see that what Samuel says is truly from the Lord. It's right and true. And the Lord continues to reveal himself to Samuel through his word. And we have Samuel as a mouthpiece for the people of Israel, someone who passes on the word of God. And throughout the Old Testament, From Moses onwards, we of course have prophets, don't we? Prophets like Samuel. We have Elijah. We have Nathan. We have Jeremiah. We have Jonah that we looked at uh, a few weeks ago. Those who pass on the word of the Lord. But in our passage in Deuteronomy, it speaks of the prophet. A prophet who is to come. And it's commonly thought that this passage in Deuteronomy 18, even though it's so early on in the Bible, is referring to Jesus, that Jesus is the prophet who is to come. Indeed, in John 1.21, the Jewish leaders asked John the Baptist, are you the prophet? Referring to Deuteronomy 18, because of the, the idea that the prophet in Deuteronomy 18 was going to be the Messiah. Now, of course, John the Baptist says no, but Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment. He is the prophet in Deuteronomy 18. In John chapter 6, verse 14, after Jesus has fed the 5,000, what do the people say? They begin to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And so what I want you to see today is throughout the Old Testament, God reveals his word through the prophets. Prophets like Samuel. But in a far greater way with Jesus, who is the prophet, God reveals himself. Because Jesus, of course, brings a message. It's the message of salvation. The message that the kingdom of heaven is near. But more than that, I want you to see that Jesus is the message. Because he is the Word. That's what it says at the beginning of John's Gospel in the the prologue, doesn't it? He is the Word. He's the one who was there at the beginning. He's the Word who has become flesh. And so what I want you to see this morning is that throughout the Old Testament, there are prophets who share God's Word. But Jesus also is a prophet. That's one of his offices. But he's also the prophecy because he is the Word incarnate. Now, as we think about the Gospels, we see clearly that Jesus shared God's Word in Word and in action. He passed on the message about who God is and who he is and why he has come for the salvation of all those who believe. Jesus is our prophet. Jesus is the prophet. And he brings the ultimate message, a message that we must respond to. Now, as we come to, to draw this together this morning. I also want us to think about this morning. If we are believers in Christ, if we truly believe Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the prophet, as we've thought about over the last few weeks, as we've looked at the cross and looked at the resurrection, if we truly believe he is the Son of God, if we're a believer in Christ then what I want to say to you this morning is that we too share in the offices of Christ. Now, I'm not suggesting this morning that, that we are all prophets. That's not really what I'm saying. A sermon on prophecy is for another day. But in a subordinate way to Jesus, we all have a message to share, don't we? You see, Samuel was a prophet. Jesus is the prophet. And we are called to share the message about Jesus. To go and to make disciples. Does that know what it says at the end of Matthew 28? And what I want to say to you this morning is, as you look through the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets were often rejected for their message. They were treated terribly. Look at Jeremiah. Treated awfully. Look at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus always have it easy? No, he didn't. He was rejected. He suffered. And when we proclaim the message about Jesus, we can't expect that it will always be plain sailing. But we're still called to proclaim that message anyway, no matter what the consequences might be. Now, That doesn't mean we should be insensitive. But it does mean that we should be unafraid to share the word about Jesus, that he is the only way to salvation, whether the word wants to hear it or not. You see, when we look at the life of Samuel, when we hear that first message that he's got to tell to Eli, he doesn't want to do it. Why not? Because it's a difficult message. Why would he want to do such a thing? And sometimes when we look at the life of Jesus, there were those who rejected Him. They didn't want to hear what He had to say. And when we go out as Christians into the world and say, I believe, and we believe as a church, as a corporate body, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that He is the only way to salvation, then we're not to be afraid. Whether the world wants to hear it or not. You see, we have a gospel to proclaim good news, brilliant news, wonderful news. The gospel's changed my life. If you're a Christian here this morning, has it not changed yours? Is it not wonderful, the gospel? To think, oh, it's amazing. God has loved me so much. He sent His Son, Jesus. Does it not get you inside, in your heart? If it doesn't, well, you need to find that somewhere. You need to go back in your Bible and look at the story of the resurrection and understand what Jesus has done for you. But if you do understand what Jesus has done for you, then you've got to proclaim the message. Because we're not to keep it to ourselves, are we? Now, when we proclaim that message, it's not going to be received by everyone as good news. There is a cost. A cost in our families, perhaps. Among our friends. People who won't understand us. And yet we're called to proclaim that message anyway. So this morning... We have the calling of Samuel as a prophet, someone who shares God's Word. We have Jesus who is the prophet and who is the Word incarnate. And then we have us. We are called to proclaim the message of Jesus. In our situations, whatever we might be finding in our lives, May God give us the strength not to shy back, not to be afraid. You see, what does Jesus say at the end of Matthew's gospel in the Great Commission? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what does he say right at the end? And surely I will be with you always until the very end of the age. Do you not believe that this morning? that Jesus will be with. When you're a Christian, that Jesus is with you. No matter what happens in your life, you can be assured that God will help you. God will be with you, and God will help you through. So this morning, may we have the strength not to shy back, not to be afraid, but to speak for Jesus, to live for Jesus, to glorify Jesus, The one who is the way. The one who is the truth. The one who is the life.